Hello and welcome to Pursuit of Infinity. In this week's episode, I go deep into lucid dreaming and astral projection with Vincent Field. He's the author of the popular book, Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions, a complete guide to exploring non-physical reality. Joe and I talk quite a bit about lucid dreams and astral travel, so having Vincent on was a real treat. He fleshes out the differences between the two, gives insight on techniques to achieve these states, and describes some of his most intense experiences. You can purchase the book on Amazon, and if you'd like to connect with Vincent, you can find him on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Vincent Field Author. But before we get to it, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, we really appreciate a follow or a sub, as well as a five-star rating and maybe even some kind words of encouragement in the form of a review. These things really help us to expand our reach and credibility, which is so much appreciated. If you really want to show us some next-level love, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash pursuitofinfinity, where you can donate as little as $2 a month to support what we do. Check us out on YouTube. The channel is up and all of our episodes are there, so if you prefer some visuals and to put some faces to the names, subscribe and keep up with us. We're also on Instagram at pursuitofinfinitypod, so give us a follow and reach out. And without further delay, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this week's discussion. Today we're here with Vincent Field, the author of Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions, A Complete Guide to Exploring Non-Physical Reality. So Vincent, why don't we start off by just discussing some of the fundamentals, like what astral projection is and what lucid dreaming is? Okay, sure. Uh, astral projection is a type of out-of-body experience in which your consciousness travels to higher dimensions of reality. And so how that works is uh, reality consists of an entire spectrum of different dimensions. And these different dimensions uh, exist at uh, particular frequencies uh, of energy, right? And so you can consider the physical dimension to be like the base level of reality and above the physical dimension are progressively higher and higher dimensions and so your consciousness enters uh these these higher dimensions of reality and it's, it's similar to how there are different um frequencies of light and we can only perceive a, a limited range of these light frequencies and all the others that, that are invisible to us, you know, like X-ray and microwave, infrared, uh, they still exist. Uh, we're just not able to perceive them. So in the same way, these, these higher dimensions of reality exist, um, even though they're invisible to us, you know, while we're grounded in the physical body. But when you have uh, an out-of-body experience, you enter these higher dimensions and uh, it's pretty, pretty incredible. Um, now, lucid dreaming um, is, is a similar type of experience because your consciousness um, 
is entering other other realities. But the nature of these realities uh, is a little different in lucid dreams. Typically, lucid dreams take place in a type of subconsciously created reality, whereas astral projection takes place in the astral dimensions, which are these higher dimensions above uh, the physical dimension. Uh, and these exist um, beyond your own mind. They're independent of your own subconscious mind, whereas typically a lucid dream, uh, you know, your environment and the experience will, for the most part, be a manifestation of your subconscious mind. Very interesting. Very interesting. So by manifestation of your subconscious mind, you sort of are referring to a lucid dream in a way where um, I hear people say they can create certain things and they can sort of go where they want. Um, and astral projection being more of like you're visiting a particular place with some sort of like structure behind it. Yeah, exactly. So what got you into lucid dreaming and astral projection? How did you begin this journey? Man, when I was 14 years old, I was just browsing the internet and I came across a website that was talking about out-of-body experiences. And, you know, at this time, this was 22 years ago, it was like the early days of the internet. So I waited like 10 minutes for this, this website to load, you know, <laughs> which was pretty normal back then. And, uh, yeah, I read all about it. I was super interested and I found a technique and I immediately started trying it. And within a week I was able to leave my body and I've been practicing that ever since. After one week. Yeah, that's impressive. It seems like it would take most people a bit more time than that. Do you think you're predisposed to these types of experiences and that's why you were able to sort of break through so early? You know, not necessarily. I think in general, uh, you know, some people have natural ability or inclinations in certain areas. Um, so, so it is possible, but uh, I do know for a fact that anyone can do this. You know, uh, maybe it won't take a week. Uh, you know, maybe it'll take a little longer. But, you know, um, after all these years and, and looking back at when I, when I began this practice, um, I identified uh, several uh, components which were present, which I believe um, allowed me to, to have the success so quickly. Um, and uh, so one of them was uh, this motivation. I had this like really strong motivation. I really wanted to do this. And, um, and I was dedicated, you know, I was, I was trying this every day uh, for, you know, sometimes over an hour per session. And, um, you know, I, I had an open mind and I, um, I really believed that, that it was possible and that I could do it. There was really no doubt in my mind uh, that I would do this. It was just a question of, of, of when, you know. And, um, and also the technique, you know, having a solid, uh, solid method that is grounded in, um, you know, the, the fundamental principles of, you know, the mechanics of these experiences, that also helps, you know. Uh, an effective method is, is helpful, but it's not only the method, you know. 
there's this whole uh, mentality behind it. Um, you know, if you have um, conflicting beliefs, you know, maybe uh, like deep inside, you're actually afraid of, of something that could possibly happen once you're out of your body. Um, that kind of stuff can hold you back too. So can another belief maybe of not being sure that it could work or not being sure that it's real, could that hold you back as well? Yeah, definitely, for sure. You know, I, some people have other types of of like hindering beliefs, like they're afraid that, that some spirit is going to come possess their body or they're afraid that they're going to get stuck out of their body and never be able to return, you know, things like that. Uh, you know, none of that is actually true. That, that can't happen. But, oh, uh, yeah, you know, it, it helps to to research, uh, to read about other people's experiences and get a, a good uh, good foundation, a good idea of, of what it's all about before actually jumping into it, just so you're prepared. Did you have any mentors or specific authors or people that you looked into before you started doing this? Um, not necessarily, you know, um, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of information available on the internet, you know, the year 2000, 1999, 2000. And so, um, there was one book, I don't know if it was the entire book, but I believe the first book I read on the subject was by, uh, Bob Peterson. I forget the title. Um, but it gave me a an idea of what these experiences were like. And, um, you know, nowadays, uh, and, and since then, you know, I've done a lot of research, read a lot of authors. So like some of the more, um, influential, uh, authors for me were, uh, Robert Monroe, Bruce Moen. Um, you know, there are a lot of others like Michael Raduga. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a good idea to 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 be prepared in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And can you maybe speak a little bit on the technique that you discovered that seemed to work pretty well for you? Sure. The first technique that I used, it was a type of meditation that you do from a fully awakened state. Uh, so basically you lay down in bed on your back and you progressively tense and relax your muscles until your entire body is very relaxed. And really uh, the key principle is for your body to fall asleep while your mind is awake. So you need to keep your mind awake as your body falls asleep. And um, so, you know, half of that is, is the body part, getting the body to fall asleep. And the other half of that is, is maintaining your awareness, uh, so that your mind stays awake and doesn't fall asleep with your body. Um, and so on that front, you want to, uh, you know, incorporate a, a type of, of meditation where you have a, a particular mental focus so that your consciousness doesn't slip into, uh, the sleep state. Uh, but 
this first method that I used, um, it took a while. Um, it, it took like up to an hour at times because you're doing this from a fully awakened state. So you need to go through this entire process of getting the body to fall asleep. And if you're fully awakened at that time, it's not going to be instant, you know. And but shortly, shortly after this, I discovered another technique, which is far more effective and way faster. And you do this technique in the early morning, and it and it's much better because in the early morning, your body and your mind are already in the ideal state to have an astral projection. So. You want to wake up maybe five or six hours after falling asleep. <clears throat> so basically a couple hours before you would normally wake up to start your day. And, um, you know, you can do a uh, type of meditation. There are different um, variations. And, you know, um, the, the main concept is the same. You know, your body will fall back to sleep and your mind will remain awake. And it's easiest in the morning because, well, your body is already deeply relaxed. And, you know, usually after five or six hours of sleep, it's easy to fall back to sleep. You know, your body is already in that state. Um, but also, at this time, your mind has already gotten uh, a decent amount of rest. Whereas if you try this, you know, late at night, well, your mind is pretty tired. So it's easier for you to just lose consciousness. And so, yeah, in the early morning, uh, it's a lot easier to keep your, your mind uh, awake. And, um, yeah, that was like, um, that was a pretty revolutionary method for me then. It was, it was such uh, an improvement. And, um my my projections became far more consistent and you know since then i i basically um developed to a point where it was getting easier and faster and faster you know and eventually um i'd be able to leave my body in a matter of seconds after waking up for this method um it does call for you to to wake up and stay awake for a period of time, um, I guess just to um, kind of bring your mind into a more of a focused state so it doesn't fall back to sleep. <clears throat> and so in the beginning, I was staying awake for up to an hour. But it's not an exact science. Um, and, you know, you can experiment with different periods of time. Um, uh, but, you know, as time went on, uh, I would cut this period shorter and shorter. Um, and, you know, like I said, uh, now th this period doesn't exist. You know, I can just uh, wake up in the early morning and slip right out of my body instantly. Um, and, you know, it also works um, with longer periods of time. Sometimes I would wake up after four hours of sleep and stay awake for three hours and then go back to bed. And with the same result. So, you know, like I said, it's not an exact science, um, but it's good to experiment with different periods of times and see what works best for you. I've heard of some visualization techniques that you can use to get yourself sort of out of your body. 
one of them that I think is popular that I've heard uh, quite a few times was imagining there's like a rope dangling down and you're sort of climbing that rope and it helps you to visualize your consciousness climbing out of your body. Is that something that you recommend or do you have any other types of visualization techniques that are just as good, if not better? Yeah, <clears throat> that was actually one of the first visualization techniques uh, that I used. And that was part of, of my uh, first method. Um, and and that, that was part of the meditation, which would um, basically allow your, your body to fall asleep as your uh, as your mind remains awake, you know, it, it gives a, a nice focus for your mind. Um, but what it also does is it induces a feeling of, of movement, like an internal feeling of movement. And this can also like facilitate, um, the, the process and, and the separation from the body. Um, I had more success climbing a ladder than climbing a rope um maybe just uh, just because of the movement itself uh, it seemed more natural to me it's the same concept um but you can also uh, imagine falling backwards uh falling actually provides a, a far more intense uh internalized feeling of movement which uh which can result in uh, a faster separation from the body. Um, but there's so many other um, variations, you know, like feel like you're, you're swimming or, or rolling over to the side, um, like rotating. Uh, there, there are so many different, um, different things you can do. But, but the general principle for all of them is basically the same, like to create this internalized feeling of movement, uh, which, uh, helps to induce the separation. Interesting. Do you mind going into, uh, some of the experiences that you've had that are notable? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, my book is full of them and I could talk about this uh, for hours and hours. Cause I mean, what's in my book is just like, uh, a small piece of the pie, you know what I'm saying? I, I basically chose um, the more profound experiences uh, and or um, experiences that could give the reader um, some kind of um, lesson in terms of like understanding the nature of of these experiences and and um, you know uh, some some learning tool. So in the beginning, what typically happens is that you will project into the lower dimensions. Like I mentioned that reality exists in a spectrum. And so like the dimensions that are just slightly higher than the physical dimension, uh, you can consider those the, the lower dimensions because they're, they're lower on the spectrum of, of non-physical reality. Um, but as you progress and, and, you know, practice and gain experience over time, you begin to access higher and higher dimensions. And so the lower dimensions typically look a lot like the physical world, but as you get higher, reality starts to become more unique and abstract and just incredible. 
And, and so in the beginning, I was accessing these lower dimensions. So I would leave my body and, you know, it would look like my room. I would see myself laying in bed and I would fly through my window, um, you know, just exploring with no particular um, goal in mind. Um, as I progressed, I, I began to incorporate uh, more of a more of an intention for my experiences. So I basically made a list of goals, things that I wanted to explore and achieve and learn and learn and, you know, um, entities and, um, you know, beings that I wanted to, to encounter and communicate with. And so um, in the early days, my more notable experiences um, involved what I call shadow people or shadow beings. And this was, uh, I think, my second out-of-body experience ever. I floated from my body and all of a sudden I'm face-to-face with this, this giant shadow person. It was like a huge like dark silhouette, like over seven feet tall. And this thing just scared the shit out of me i mean seeing something like this up close uh there there's no words to to describe it it's just insane and and um i instantly re-entered my body what happens is that when you experience like a strong state of fear when you're out of your body it's like a a trigger that causes an automatic reintegration with the body and so i got back into my body and i i shook it off and i i gave it another try and i left my body again and this shadow being was still there and so you know i i called it quits for that day because i wanted no parts of that uh but uh these shadow beings uh they they kept coming and it was like they're always there when I was leaving my body. And, um, you know, sometimes they would just be standing there facing me. But other times they would come at me like they would try to grab me. And most of the time um, I, would, I would freak out and go back into my body. But eventually I, I started to realize like they never actually hurt me. And um, I never really had any like communications with them. Um, and nothing to to really indicate that they were actually a threat. And so I learned to ignore them and continue on my journey. And um, what started to happen was that I started to project into dimensions higher than the dimensions that they exist in. They seem to exist primarily in, in like the lowest dimensions. Um, and so eventually I began projecting like directly into, into somewhat higher dimensions. And so I eventually began to completely bypass, uh, these, these levels where, where they exist. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting stuff. You know, some people say they see shadow people like in, in the real world and, uh, you know, it's possible. I mean, it seems like they exist in the astral dimension. Um, but like I said, in like the lowest dimension. And so 
it's possible there can be some kind of like maybe bleed through at times where you're kind of like somehow able to perceive into a slightly higher um, dimension where you're where these people are, are seeing these shadow beings like kind of superimposed uh, on our physical dimension. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, actually, is do you find that there's sort of a connection between the astral realms and the current realm that we find ourselves in? And are there other ways to get to those realms, maybe via psychedelics or certain meditations? Yeah, uh, there's definitely a connection. There's a, there's a connection between all of these realities. Um, and it seems like... <clears throat> the lower dimensions are almost a type of like energetic um, replication and energetic projection from the physical world. And, um, and as you get higher, um, th this energy gets like finer and finer. It's all connected, you know, and it's essentially all in like the same space. Um, it's just a matter of like kind of tapping into to finer and finer, higher um, frequencies of of energy, and um, yeah, I do believe that it's possible to to access these types of dimensions with uh, you know psychedelics, like you said. I, I think um, I, I think you can experience and perceive dimensions of reality um that do exist i don't think it's all just a hallucination yeah it really doesn't seem that way when you're experiencing it right because it's something that is so far out of uh what we normally consider real and normal so it doesn't seem to be a hallucination a lot of it especially in terms of astral projection it's not produced by any type of substance in your body so to me that sort of lends to the fact that it might be somewhere that's accessible outside of uh strictly like a quote-unquote dream state and i think the most interesting part about astral projection is the fact that there's there seems to be a structure to these places it's like you're going somewhere that you can return to so do you find that there are places that you can go back to and return to if you so choose uh yeah, you know, um I've had multiple experiences um <clears throat> in in higher dimensions with um what I call the higher self. It's common commonly called the higher self. And uh when I have these experiences, uh I set the intention and I project into this into this level of reality. Um, it, it's a, a much, much higher dimension, much different from anything like this physical world. Uh, but, but yeah, um, you know, it, it's more or less the, the same. Um, you're projecting into the, the higher self, into this higher dimension of reality. Um, and, um, you, you know, you can, you know, have basically as many uh, experiences in this level of reality that you want. And, um, you know, there's an integration that takes place. I mean, the nature of the higher self, it's, it's a bit complex, but 
you can, can you can consider it to be like the um the the deepest or highest uh level of your consciousness of of who you are as a spiritual entity and and what this is is it's so much more more vast um and deep than and expansive and 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 just beyond words incredible uh so much more than um who we perceive ourselves to be as you know these these individuals you know in this body um and and you experience this this higher state of existence and it's something that you can keep going back to now in terms of like places like locations and landmarks um yeah it, it's certainly possible to revisit uh places like that um i've i've never had much interest in doing that like oh let me see if i can go back to uh to this building you know that i saw out there um i've always been more interested in um uh, achieving uh achieving goals right um but yeah, like I said, the astral dimension is it's more of a consensus level of reality. So uh, these places are there, whether you know your mind is perceiving it or not. So you said that your focus was to achieve some sort of a goal. Um, uh, so what specific goals did you have in mind? Um, oh, well. I basically keep a list of goals and it, you know, it continues to, to be updated and, you know, modified as, as I reach one and then I add others. Um, so as an example, um, I had the goal at one point of contacting, uh, some of my deceased relatives and, and I was able to do that. Wow. Um, one of the first times I did this, um, I met my deceased great grandmother. And what happened was I, I left my body and I stated my intention. And I stated, um, I want to, to see my great grandmother. And the next thing I knew, I was pulled by this force out into space, up into the sky. And I was shooting through space like, deep space just like whizzing past stars and planets and i didn't know where i was going i was i was being led somewhere by um by a source uh that that's higher than my own mind um and and i i came to learn that uh it's the higher self this higher self that i mentioned uh which can kind of almost take over your experience in the sense that it will will lead you um to have an experience that that you intend to have you know just through your intention and and through your connection with this higher portion of your consciousness uh that is so much more powerful than your your normal like uh thinking mind and uh and so I'm being led out into the far reaches of space and then I see this light in the distance and I approach it and I realize this is my great grandmother. It was like, she was like radiating with this light. 
and uh, and you know we we communicated and it was just an incredible experience and um that was actually in, in the early days of my practice i started to to learn how i could really control my experiences to um you know to to achieve these goals that i had and it, you know a lot of times it's a lot simpler than you may think um it's basically a matter of of opening up a connection with this higher aspect of your consciousness and and allowing it uh, to direct your experience uh, through your intention. It's incredible. How do these experiences change your thought process when it comes to spirituality and death? Well, um, I mean, the first thing is that you you gain the firsthand experience that uh, you exist um, beyond your body. You you are not um, just your body and your brain, but you're this this spiritual entity that exists ex- existed far before you were born on this world, and will exist far after the body dies. And um, you particularly gain these insights as you. <clears throat> gain higher levels of experience in, in higher dimensions. Because what happens is um, you begin to tap into um, knowledge and experience and, and memories um, which we're really not able to, um, to access like while we're grounded in this body, but in these higher, higher states of consciousness, um, you, you gain this 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 knowledge and it's like like a it's like a, a firsthand knowing it's like a fact it's like you experience truth directly and um and so i've experienced uh the truth of these things and um you know we don't really have an ex- a type of experience that compares to this in in the physical world so um it, it's not easy to um, express exactly what it's like. It's something you need to experience to to truly grasp. Yeah, I think it has that in common with a lot of meditative practices and psychedelics as well. You know, you can't really describe it. They, they say it's ineffable. You know, it's uh, it's beyond language. Um, but I assume that you probably tried to explain it to people when it first happened. So. What were some of the reactions that you got? Were people receptive to it in the beginning? Um, yeah, well, I didn't talk about it with a whole lot of people. Um, in the very beginning, I had a couple friends who who I wanted to to get into it with me. You know, I wanted them to try it. One of them did try it and was actually able to leave his body, but he wasn't really interested like I was. So. Uh, he he kind of he just said yeah that was cool but uh, I'm not going to pursue this and you know I'm sure I've I had other friends who thought I was a little crazy and you know my parents weren't thrilled with it my mom was against the idea you know I was 14 when I started this so you know she was just worried about me she still is <laughs> 22 years later but uh yeah, over the years, I, I started to join uh, online communities um, where people were um, engaged in different types of spiritual practices. And, you know, 
uh, I had these platforms to, to share my own experiences and exchange ideas. And um, yeah, it, you know, in communities like, like those, uh, the reception uh, was great. You know, I, I was helping people, um, you know, have their own experiences and, you know, sharing my own, reading others. And, um, I, you know, I spent a lot of time uh, in certain forums and, you know, online groups and things like that. And, uh, you know, eventually um, I, I made the decision to, to really organize um, everything. Because over the years, I kept journals of all my experiences, like detailed journals. And and so I decided it was time, you know, to to really share this with the world, not just like in this online community, but, um, you know, I decided I'm going to publish a book about this. And um, it was really just a matter of organizing uh, what I had already written in my journals and then, um, you know, adding uh, the techniques that, that I've used over the years and and also... Um, giving some some insights and like af- afterthoughts into the experiences because you know like in the beginning um, I-, I didn't have a, a comprehensive uh, understanding of these experiences but you know over the years as uh, as I learned more and more um, you know that changed and so basically I wrote this book like from my current perspective, like looking back, like even on my earliest experiences. And so like, I'll share my first experiences and then, then I'll, I'll give my, my current insight, um, into them to, to help the reader, uh, really understand what's going on, you know, insight that I, I lacked at that time, but, you know, I gained over the years. So what are some of the lessons that you've learned? <clears throat> some of the insights that you've gained and maybe some of the uh, like practical life lessons that you put into place since doing this. Okay. Well, um, yeah, uh, the insights relate more with, uh, you know, the experiences themselves and basically just like, uh, the, the nature of, of these, uh, different dimensions, um, how to, how to navigate them. Um, you know, uh, let's say I had some unusual experience, like I'm trying to, to fly through my wall and usually I can do that no problem but but this one time it's like I'm stuck it's like there's this force pulling me back every time I try to go through and you know so in the beginning I'm like what's going on with this I had no idea why that was happening but over time with the experimentation and you know um, just experience you know I learned to, to overcome uh, that obstacle and I, you know I learned why it happens and how you can avoid it you know things like that uh, things like that, um, are the types of insights that I share, um, which, you know, will, will help the reader if they're, uh, getting into the practice themselves or, or just to to give you the knowledge in general, in terms of, of like, uh, practical, uh, lessons gained from this. Um, well, you know, you have practical lessons in, in terms of, of the practice itself. So like applying uh, these lessons to your own practice of, you know, astral projection, lucid dreaming. Um, I'm not sure if you meant that or if you meant practical more in the sense of um, how you can apply it to your only your own uh, normal waking life 
you know, your day-to-day activities. And, you know, in that sense, um, <clears throat> the main thing it brings is, is a new perspective, a new perspective um, of who you are and of, of what this, this life is about. And, and that can, you know, it can really change things, you know, it changes your beliefs. And so that will change your thoughts and that will change your actions. And uh, it just has this cascading effect. That's amazing. Um, Going back to some of the um, people that you've talked to about it, uh, you know, some of the relationships that you have, um, did you meet anybody of high importance to you in terms of like, again, mentors or anyone that you could sort of travel these realms with, someone you can come back from and like talk to about this type of stuff and maybe gain some insight from them as well? Um, you know, I, I don't really have um, any, any personal friends or acquaintances um, that, I, uh, that I shared this stuff with, like that also practice this. <clears throat> but, um, you know, um, over the years, I've made friends in certain online communities and I think that's the the majority of where, um, you know, this um, th- these types of relationships uh, took place, where I was able to, uh, you know, share what I was doing and get feedback like that. It's cool, you know. I find these uh, these shadow beings pretty interesting. Um, do you find that you're like kind of way past the shadow beings thing or do you like to revisit those or are there other entities that you've, uh, that you've seen in there that have been important to you? Um, yeah, well, you know, um, sleep paralysis is, is still a pretty uh, common thing for me. Um, you know, I've been having it since I was young and, you know, I, I have it even when I'm not trying to leave my body. Um, but you know, uh, at times, I'll see them during sleep paralysis, um, and it, it's a pretty normal uh, occurrence, uh, not just for me, but a lot of people. Um, and you know, typically, when you're in sleep paralysis, um, your 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 mind is shifted at least slightly into the astral dimension. So, so you're not actually perceiving the physical world, right? Um, it might, it'll probably look like your room just cause like I said, the lower dimensions appear very similar to the physical world. And, but you know, what you're perceiving during the sleep paralysis is actually in the astral dimension. So these entities, you, you may see shadow beings, uh, aliens. I've had a lot of experiences with entities that look a lot like aliens, like the typical gray alien, you know, like the big black slanted eyes. Um, and, and those guys really bugged me out. They essentially stalked me for, for quite some time. Um, and in a, in a sense, they, they kind of took the place of the shadow beings. Um, and I would leave my body and they would just, they would just be around me, just standing around my bed, just looking at me. Uh, sometimes they would, um, uh, they would do things to me like this one time um i i shifted into the astral 
and this alien had its almost entire arm down my mouth, down my throat, like I and I could feel it. And it wasn't my physical body, it was it was my astral body, my energy body, but I could feel it. And it was like probing down in my throat. And it was really disturbing. And you know, uh these these entities that, that looked like aliens, um it was almost the same group. So it was they were similar to like the greys, but they had a light orange skin color. So they weren't gray. Um, but they they almost always had the same appearance. And uh, I got this really bad vibe from them. Like they they just like radiated this this sinister energy and you know at times um i I would sense them before actually like completely shifting from my body and being able to see them and you know at at times I, i wouldn't expect them um but i would sense this energy and i and i knew it was them it was their energy and um yeah you know um over time, it was also similar with my experiences with the shadow entities because I eventually got tired of, of having this fearful response to them and I decided to, to just let it go and just go with it. And it actually led to some interesting experiences like um, they, they would communicate with me like this telepathic link would open between us and they, they would share information and and some, some pretty interesting stuff I, I talk about it in my book um but you know I, i've had experiences with other uh groups of of aliens or these entities that that look like aliens right what we consider to be aliens um different groups and and some of them were like actually positive entities like like the one group i was talking about I will consider them to to be negative entities, um, but I, I've encountered um, like higher level alien type entities that have um, revealed some some like incredible things to me, and uh, yeah, so you know I've seen a lot of different different types of beings over the years, and uh, you know each one's is a little different, different experience, different. Uh, knowledge and, and revelations and and things like that from each one. Yeah, it's cool because man, I've always felt like there's a strong possibility that what we consider aliens, what we're seeing UFOs and this and that, I I think there's a very strong possibility that those are interdimensional beings as opposed to physical biological entities. And I think what you just said supports that. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the thing is. I never expected to to see these these entities out of my body because I always thought they were they were physical, you know. They they flew around in these these UFOs and they would abduct people and I I used to think it was just a physical thing. But then, you know, I quickly realized that these aliens they they operate in these higher dimensions. I don't know if that's like their home base or if they project their consciousness there like we do during astral projection, but they definitely operate there. And, um, yeah. Um, and, 
I had this one experience with uh, this group of entities and I was, I was out in space with them and they were sharing this, this knowledge with me that was so, so profound. It was like, it was beyond my, my conscious mind's ability to like, to grasp. And it was like a, a download of knowledge. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. Like, um, I couldn't really make sense of it. It was just like, it was too complex, but, but I knew it, like it was there, like, like it was, it was put into me and it's still there. Right. It's like, it's just a matter of kind of, um, getting your consciousness to that higher level that it's able to, to really process and, and assimilate and make sense of that. And, you know, while grounded in this physical body, uh, it, it's just not possible. Um, but, but I did retain, uh, some things from, from this one particular experience. And one of those things uh, was that they told me that before this life that I'm living right now, um, I made a, a kind of agreement with these entities to have uh, a relationship with them during this life. It was a type of like soul contract, I guess you can call it. And, um, and I, I experienced this as truth. It wasn't just like, oh, they told me that, believe me, it's true. It was like, I experienced it like, like the memories of, of actually making this contract with them. Like, it was like a firsthand experience. And so, uh, yeah, I've had experiences over the years which, um, which have um, revealed things to me about, you know, um, who I was before this life, like, like who I am um, in terms of um, the other aspects of my consciousness, which are engaged in levels of reality, which I'm not uh, currently aware of. Um, and, you know, it's not just me, but that's everyone, like who we are. Um, our consciousness is, is so much more complex and expansive than what we actually understand. Um, it's like levels and levels, layers and layers. And there are these, these various layers engaged in experiences like simultaneously. And, and we're not aware of it because, you know, we're kind of designed like, while grounded in this body to just be aware of, of one of these layers, um, you know, at one time. But, um, I, I've learned that, that, um, you know, through experience and experiments, um, I've been able to, to kind of split my awareness between various layers of experience. And so, um, I'll be able to experience multiple levels of reality at the same time, uh, which is kind of like a, a little mind blowing and it's hard to really describe the experience. Um, but yeah, things are much more complex than, than just, uh, your, your spirit leaves your body and then it comes back into it. There's a lot more going on than just that. Yeah, I've heard some people talk about other methods of acquiring that skill, being able to exist within maybe all realms of consciousness at the same time or 
maybe multiple realms of consciousness at the same time. Um, and that sort of brings to mind, as we were talking about UFOs and aliens as well, um, have you heard of, it's called, what is it called? It's a concept where when you've done some sort of astral projection or you've seen a UFO or you've had a paranormal experience that it sort of follows you, uh, the hitchhiker effect, that's what it's called. Have you heard of this? Um, uh, just by the term, the hitchhiker effect, um, uh, I don't think so, but, um, can maybe explain what, what it is and I'll, I'll let you know. It's essentially saying that once you've had a paranormal type of experience that it tends to follow you in other ways and you tend to see more of these types of paranormal experiences. Like say some person might see, um, like a UFO and then they might go home and they might see something really strange in their room, or their family might see something really strange, or they might claim to see Bigfoot or some other kind of cryptid. Um, have you ever experienced anything similar to that? Well, you know, I would say, you know, astral projection, like itself, is a paranormal experience. And, um, you know, in, in that sense, yeah, once you get into it, it just it opens the, the floodgates, um, you know, and there's like, there's a lot of potential for a lot of different types of paranormal experiences. Um, not just uh, astral projection, but, um, you know, I have had uh, UFO sightings over the years myself. And, you know, I can't say if, you know, my astral projection practice um, had something to do with it, or if if these aliens that that I was seeing out of my body have something to do with it, you know, you know, I did um, contemplate the possibility that, you know, uh, I'm they're they're coming to me while I'm out of my body, and now they're they're showing themselves to me like in this physical world too, through these different UFO sightings. Um, so yeah, it's definitely possible. So what were your UFO experiences like? What did you see? Uh, the first one I had was, um, it was when I was in high school. So I think I was, um, I think I was a, a senior, a junior or senior. So it was a, a couple years after I started astral projecting. And I was out of my roof one night. I used to go out onto my roof just to look at the stars and listen to music and stuff like that. and. Um, you know, all of a sudden, this this big circular craft, it just passes right over me, probably, a, I don't know, a couple hundred feet above me. And, and I could see it was a metallic craft, but there were no lights on it. It, it seemed like almost like it was in, in stealth mode. And, and I can see it clearly, but um, it, it was very quiet. Like, I didn't hear it any noise from it and just like smoothly glid but very quickly too and uh <clears throat> i kind of freaked out and i and i immediately went inside and uh you know uh, i was having these experiences with aliens out of my body and i just didn't trust them uh you know most of them were were negative experiences and you know i didn't want to get abducted <laughs> And, uh, so yeah, I went back inside and, you know, over the years I've, I've seen, um, other types of lights in the sky, 
like especially now living in Brazil, um, I've seen uh, quite a few sightings. Um, and, you know, they, they say that activity like that is, is a lot more common in Brazil. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, I've heard that before, that in Brazil, sightings seem to be very prominent. Uh, do you find that they are ramping up? And when was the last time you saw one? Uh, ramping up? Uh, I, I can't say. I can't say that's the case, at least not in my experience. I mean, I, you know, I guess it started when in the, the 1940s or 50s that, you know, the public kind of became aware of UFOs, the possibility of them. So, like, yeah, I think in general things are ramping up in the sense that, like, now governments are coming out and saying, like, yeah, there are UFOs in the sky. They're not us. You know, we don't know what they are but they exist. You know, there was a time uh, where governments were completely silent about it or they were denying it. And most people uh, would also deny it and say, oh no, that it's ridiculous. But now it's, it's a fact, right? So yeah, things are ramping up in that sense. I mean, for me personally, um, I guess my last sighting was maybe last year. And, you know, um, I can basically have a sighting um, pretty frequently if if I make the effort to actually go out and look, uh, which I, I haven't really done um, recently. But you know, here where I live, uh, there's very little uh, like light pollution, air pollution. It's very it's very easy to see the stars and uh, the view of the sky from here is so much or different than uh, where I lived in the United States. It's like you can see like universes and galaxies here. And so, um, yeah, it, it's a lot easier to, to actually see what's going on up there from here. And so, you know, usually I'll see a, a light or some lights that are, are clearly uh, not an airplane, right? They're moving way too fast or they're changing directions. Uh, you know, some kind of unusual um, type of movement. And, um, yeah, it, you know, it's hard to say. Some people believe that the majority of UFOs are actually, like, um, top-secret government technology. They're not actually, like, aliens, right? So, you know, that I, I can't say for, for sure because I've never seen who's navigating these things. but. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. I always keep the possibility open that, you know, it, it is some other kind of of life form. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what actually made you move to Brazil, and how long ago did you do that? Man, I've been here for almost nine years, and uh, my wife is is Brazilian. And, you know, uh, we got married and we lived in the United States for, for a while. And uh, we just decided to move here, you know, just a change of scenery. And it's very comfortable here, man. It's a very comfortable life. And, you know, we enjoy it here. So nice, uh, nice, quiet country living. Yeah, it sounds awesome. 
And uh, as we approach an hour here, I want to be respectful of your time. And as we wrap up, is there anything you want to get out there to the listeners? Anything you want to plug and uh, let people know where they can find you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would recommend everyone check out my book. It's on Amazon. It's called Astral Projection and Lucid Dreaming, Spiritual Revelations and Out-of-Body Experiences in Higher Dimensions. And uh, my name is Vincent Field. And, uh, you know, whether you want to get into the practice yourself and start astral projecting and and lucid dreaming, um, or if you're just, you know, curious, you want to read some pretty cool experiences, um, you know, whether you're interested in in aliens or, you know, creatures, ghosts, um, you know, I've had experiences with all that stuff. And so I, I think there's something in the book uh, for everyone, really. But um, yeah, you know, 22 years of, of having these experiences, I think uh, I think most people can can learn a thing or two from this book. And uh, you know, like I said, it can can really help to to, to change your your perspective of, of who you are and, and you know what this reality and what this life is all about. You know experiencing firsthand uh like your your true spiritual self uh which most people are not able to do you know during this life uh it, it can be a really like life-changing thing so i i would consider you know um trying to have your own experiences and you know see where it takes you vincent thank you so much for coming on the show today i really appreciate your time man it's been a, a very intriguing conversation Definitely, man. I appreciate you having me, man. It was it was cool. <laughs>